You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your midday news for Monday, February 12th, 2024. According to the latest water summary update, Iowa experienced some relief from drought conditions as January's precipitation surpassed normal levels. Precipitation for the month totaled 1.97 inches, doubled the average, and the state has seen above-average precipitation in three of the last four months, totaling 7.24 inches since October 2023, representing 106% of normal. As of the end of January, Iowa's drought plan indicates improved and stabilized conditions across much of the state with northwest and north-central regions returning to normal conditions. Areas previously under drought warning in December have seen those designations removed. Department of Natural Resources Hydrology Resources Coordinator Tim Hall says the wet October, December, and now January is a very encouraging trend. In addition, the lack of deeply frozen soil has helped melted snow water soak into the ground, and as a result, we have seen almost no flooding conditions. We are heading in the right direction to improve conditions as we move into spring. The report is prepared collaboratively by technical staff from the Iowa DNR, the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, IIHR, Hydroscience and Engineering, and the U.S. Geological Survey. A link to the complete January 2024 water summary update is included with this story on our website. Two public service awards were presented during the Carroll Chamber of Commerce's annual banquet last Thursday evening, one of them going to Vicki Gatch from the Carroll Historic Preservation Commission for her efforts to protect, preserve, and share Carroll's storied history. Program MC Tim Fitzpatrick explains the qualities that embody public service award winners. The public service award is presented for exemplary public or governmental service to the community of Carroll. This is a unique award that recognizes those people that go above and beyond the call of their public duties. They are the reasons why we have such a great community. Ann Fitzpatrick introduced Gatch to the crowd as this year's winner, saying her accomplishments while serving on the Preservation Commission aren't history, as she had other goals yet to reach. They have the unique ability to recognize, reflect, discuss, and evaluate the past. They have shown a respect for historical evidence, a passion for history, and enthusiastic engagement in learning about the past of Carol. This person has gone to all ends of the earth to protect information, documents, and pieces of history which highlight and showcase Carol. Gatch says her interest in Carol's history started later in her life when she was asked to join the Preservation Commission. I hate to admit it, but when I was growing up in Carroll, I knew two facts about Carol's history. One was that my house was on the former Carroll County Fairgrounds, and the other that my house was the former rectory at St. Lawrence. And that's all I knew about Carol's history. Then in 2008, Barbara Hatford asked me to be on the Carroll Historic Preservation Commission, and since then I've learned a whole lot more about Carol's history. And it's fascinating. Carol has a really good history of strong leadership, good facilities, all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Other award recipients from the 60th Annual Carroll Chamber of Commerce Banquet include Dave Bruner with Citizen of the Year, Cindy and Tom Bornero of Bornero's Meat Market for New Business, Todd and Roger Chico Kenny for Community Oil, that's for Heritage Business, Larry Devine of the Carroll Times-Herald for Public Service, Katie Cruz for Humanitarian, and Scott and Cindy Hyder of the Hyder Family Foundation with the Good Neighbor Award. 
Co-Broadcasting will have more from these award winners and upcoming newscasts, and you can find our previous features online at carolbroadcasting.com. And Iowa House Republicans have unveiled two bills aimed at enhancing school safety measures in the aftermath of the school shooting last month at Perry High School. The first bill, HSB 692, primarily focuses on infrastructure improvements, mandating schools to conduct comprehensive safety reviews and submit emergency response plans to law enforcement by the 2024-25 school year. The bill establishes a fund for installing radios connected to the statewide interoperable communication system to enhance coordination between responding agencies. The legislation also proposes a pilot program implementing firearm detection software in three schools and forming a task force to develop recommended safety standards and building codes. The other bill, HSB 675, concentrates on personnel readiness, requiring schools with over 8,000 students to employ at least one school resource officer or private security officer. The bill also includes a permit allowing trained school employees to carry weapons accompanied by rigorous training requirements. HSB 692 is under review by the Appropriations Committee, while House Study Bill 675 is in the Public Safety Committee. And we will need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. There's more news on the way after this on KCIM. At Collins Aerospace, we believe in investing in our employees' future. That's why we are proud to offer our Employee Scholar Program. Whether you want to pursue a professional certificate or a degree related to the industry, we offer full tuition reimbursement and even paid study time. Our Employee Scholar Program is the perfect tool to help achieve the future you've been dreaming of. At Collins, we don't just want to offer you a job. We want to offer you a career and a future in aerospace. For details on the Collins Aerospace Employee Scholar Program, visit us at careers.rc.com. Suffering from a stroke can happen to anyone at any time. Eric Younginger, I was I was home alone. My wife had gone to work early that morning and just started noticing some things. Couldn't button my jeans and got in my pickup and I couldn't see the button to start the pickup. The health professionals at Loring Hospital are here when you need help the most. Kind of realized that I was in trouble. I just remember looking around the ER and saying, you know what, I'm in good hands and I've got nothing to worry about. They're going to take care of me. Including utilizing every tool available, like their brand new Avell eCare system. As an EMT when they introduced that system, they explained it to us as the eye in the sky. And another doctor, you know, a remote location can tie into that and observe everything going on in the ER. It's somebody remote and removed from the situation that isn't emotionally involved. This was noon on a Sunday. If they'd have had to transport me to, to Storm Lake or Fort Dodge, you know, that's another half hour, 45 minutes of delaying that even that next level of care. Having that available 24 hours a day is a tremendous benefit to the community. Loring Hospital, your family health Center in Sac City. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. A House subcommittee has approved the governor's plan to create a statewide system that combines the regions in charge of mental health services with the regions in charge of providing substance use treatment. Kelly Garcia, director of the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services, says the proposal would streamline services that have a lot of overlap and make it easier for Iowans to get help. As part of our assessment work over the last seven months, we have heard from thousands of providers and they've told us that our system is cumbersome. And so this this bill really does take a huge step forward to cure that issue. The proposed plan would go into effect July 1st of next year. Flora Schmidt is the executive director of the Iowa Behavioral Health Association. She says timeline is a concern. Our members are they're, they're They've got a lot of angst right now. They just don't know 
what it's going to mean to their workforce, to their funding, and ultimately their ability to maintain a continuity of services over the next 18 months. Iowa currently has 13 regions that provide state and federally funded services for Iowans with mental health issues and intellectual disabilities. There are 19 regions in charge of government-funded care for substance abuse and gambling addiction. The governor's plan creates seven districts that would each provide all those services. Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd has joined with a 15-state coalition in opposing a new Environmental Protection Agency rule that mandates the replacement of lead pipes at homeowners' expense. The EPA's original 2021 rule required pipe replacement only when lead levels were hazardous with a reasonable time frame for compliance. However, Byrd says the recent Biden administration's rule goes farther, mandating complete lead pipe removal within 10 years. Critics argue that the unrealistic deadlines and estimated $60 billion cost unfairly burden homeowners. The estimated replacement cost is four times higher than the $15 billion Congress allocated to assist with replacements. Attorney General Byrd contends that the mandate exceeds EPA's authority and urges a withdrawal of the rule, asserting that it places an additional financial strain on Iowa residents already grappling with rising costs and inflation. The coalition, led by Kansas, argues that the proposed rule violates the Commerce Clause and lacks congressional approval. Iowa's neighbors in Nebraska and South Dakota also joined the growing coalition. A copy of the Attorney's General letter is included with this story on our website. And the latest voter registration report suggests thousands of Iowans switched their party registration to Republicans so they could participate in last month's Iowa caucuses. Voter data from the Iowa Secretary of State's office shows there were about 16,000 more registered Republicans in Iowa on February 1st than there were on January 1st. The Iowa Republican Party caucuses were held January 15th. The data suggests about 5,500 were Democrats and 6,000 independents switched their party registration to Republicans in order to participate in the caucuses that night. During the month of January, about 4,800 Iowans registered as Republicans for the first time. That is going to be wrapping up your KCIM Midday News for Monday, February 12th, 2024. For these stories and many more, be sure to check us out online by following us on Facebook and X on the web at 1380kcim.com or through the Carroll Broadcasting mobile app. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.